to the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us careen through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Hello, Barons. Welcome to another edition of the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links. Today's show is brought to you by the new Hepler putter range from Ping. Employing high-pressure aluminium casting for the first time in the manufacturing of its putters, Ping's Hepler putter family contains nine models of blades, multi-material mid-mallets, and mallets differentiated by solid-face technology and extremely high inertia properties. They come with the adjustable-length shafts first introduced in the popular Sigma 2 family range, and these custom-fit putters are now available for pre-order at all authorised Ping golf shops. Time to welcome my offsider in again. Phil, lovely to see your tall frame here. Damien, it is love to have my tall frame here. It is love to have. That's interesting. We're That's a good start, isn't rough, it? Rough Braveness. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, Phil, your word for the podcast, surreptitious. Pretty easy one. I'm sure you're fine with it. Slip it in somewhere. Shall we get down and dirty into hates? What have you got? What, what Sorry, you you've just before? gone, Damien, slip it in somewhere, followed by shall we get down and dirty. It appears that Blue Barons has been born. <laughs> anyway, sorry, back to you, host. Okay, excellent. Hate. What do you hate? Tell hate. me what you hate other than me. Okay. Here's what needs to happen in Australia, and I know we spoke a little bit about it. Here's it what needs strange. to happen. We need the bushfires to stop. We just need we the do. flames to go out. We need them to bugger off. We just need them to go out. Like, thanks for visiting. That's okay. The other thing, though, regarding bushfires that we need to stop is when donations get made in good faith by the great people of Australia and around the world, and there's been significant amounts of them, the percentage that the people who have been charged with distributing the funds stop taking money for their own things like overpaying executives. So you're starting otherwise. to sound like like me. The cynical side of you is kicking in. You were correcting me previously about my ranting about the, uh, about the bushfires and the way in which people were donating or using it to – prop themselves up, and now you're going- Oh, you mean for marketing purposes? Yes. Yes, for marketing purposes. I'm not a fan. No, well, this this is more that- So after the tsunami in 2004, there was found to be a considerable amount of funds that were raised that went to admin, and not only over 50%, but Mm, well over 50% of funds raised. And so one of my initial concerns when all these people, as I say, hard-earned money uh, at whatever level, it doesn't matter whether it's 20 cents or $20 million, it's hard-earned was getting donated is how much of that was going to make it. And so there were some reports, and I won't name the organisation, but there were some reports that up to 65% of the funds raised for the bushfire relief Mm. were going to be held back for future events is not in the spirit of the people and the donations that were raised. And so I guess my hate this week is really about just the percentage that goes to admin. When you get other charities that a tiny amount goes to admin – because that's just not in the spirit of what's going on. And we understand that there are going to be administrative fees and I mean these things aren't free in order to distribute these money. You've got to collect it, distribute it, and all the rest of it. That's fine. It's the amount that doesn't sit well. And it makes me bloody red cross about it, to be completely honest. Good. I'm glad you're not going to name the organisation, Phil, because it's been cleared with legal. I get very I get very upset, but I, I- I just don't understand how, given that there was that much negativity the first 500 times that this same scenario happened, yet it goes on and goes on and it goes on. And we understand that people need to to work to be able to distribute funds and all the rest of it. But 
you know, when you hear $11 million in allocated in funds solely in the administration of allocating the, the $100 million that were raised or $95 million raised, big tick for the $95 million. Congratulations to everyone who donated it. Yeah. I don't think they were planning on 30 40% of it you know, or in the eleven million case, because it's not just the eleven million. It's a hard pill to swallow for for those um, who are forking over their hard earned. Yeah, and then you and then you look at at other people, and there was a, an organisation that wanted to get some chainsaws for one of the local CFAs down Malakuta Way, and so they just said we need to find twenty five, raise money for to buy twenty five chainsaws. They raised the money and bought twenty five chainsaws. One hundred percent of it went to helping the people who needed it from a CFA and better equipping them. So you say, well, let's give them 24 chainsaws because I need one. He's not quite in the spirit of it. So I don't understand. No, that, I'm, that level. I agree with your hate this week, Phil. My hate is also around the bushfires and more just what what they're doing to the south coast of Australia at the moment, along New South Wales. And, and our friends actually up on the south coast around Naruma, where we've done a fair bit of Filming. Yeah. There's quite a lot going on there. So our thoughts are with all of all of our friends and those we don't know, all the people who are who are battling the fires up that way. Fingers crossed everything turns out well for you guys. Be safe and be brave. Good on you guys. Now let's let's get into some love, Phil. I know you love many things in the world, but when it comes to golf, sometimes it can be a little few and far between. Have you found something that's got your heart fluttering? I am I'm I'm on a roll here, and it all came about due to being a gumby. <laughs> So the discoveries that you make inadvertently from going from lacking in size and physical stature as opposed to lacking in height, mm-hmm. what happens to playing golf? So a couple of weeks ago- He's very tall. Declared that I may have had a back issue mm-hmm. that did result in me having to roll in and out of bed and a few other things. And the, the circumstance that then found some advice, let's just say some advice online with the golf doc guys. But within that has been this new found idea of, of or understanding of when I'm going to the gym- of working on golf-specific movements or strengthening around golf-specific movements. So golf fitness is my discovery and is my love of the minute. So rather than just going through the motions at at the gym, and I'm not necessarily changing my work dramatically, but there's a lot of golf-specific movements that, again, Golf Doc Duo Mm -hmm. have promoted or suggested in terms of rotational work, but this whole idea of anti-rotational work. So the idea of whilst I haven't been able to play golf, I still feel I'm working on my golf because I'm working on my golf conditioning for when I'm able to – walk again. So you're thinking more of fitness for golf rather than golf fitness per se. Yeah. So it's actually fitness to play better golf or be in a better position or both to protect the back and, well, shoulders. And I think my hips will will be in better shape for it. And in fact, just the other day, it may or may not have been yesterday, I was watching another post and I felt like sending my note saying, can you tell me what I'm about to do next? Because so far everything else is lining up. But then again, I suppose I've only got so many joints in the the body that can go wrong and most of them have. Um, but this idea of being fit for golf as opposed to being fit, being just all, walking fit. And uh, being golf fit because it's not you're not necessarily going to be playing any better, Phil. No, my hope is that I'm going to come back better, more flexible. Open feelings. More, fi- more flexible. Open I have goals. You have goals. My goals are more achievable and that is what I'm going to set out to achieve with my gym work, stretching, but golf fitness in general. So that is the, the mission that I'm on and I'm loving that at the moment is actually learning a new thing about the game that I'd ignored for too long. We do love, we do love new things, Phil. So Love me up, Damo. What can you love me up? Mine's more of, a, more of an individual love and- <laughs> I'm, I'm really loving unique. the rise of a South African player, a young guy, 25-year-old. You've, I'm sure you've heard of him, Christian. Now, I'm going to butcher his name. Yeah. So Go on, Phil. Throw it at me. <laughs> Go, Phil. Christian Bezudenholt. 
he's on the European tour. The young, he yeah. he was runner up on the weekend yep. against Lucas Herbert. Well, shout out to Lucas Herbert. Well played. Herbert Spices, good, good job. Good to see an Aussie take a win. But for me, I actually really I'm loving seeing this guy, Christian's. I guess his humility around an issue that he's dealt with his whole life. He's he's got a pretty pronounced stutter, which you'll hear in the interviews that he conducts post round, during the rounds, whatever. When you go back and look at the story behind why he has that stutter and where he's come from, you can't do anything but really, really admire the guy. So, he was he was poisoned at the age of two. He drank rat poison, which actually is the thing that his stutter developed from. It's not ideal. No, it's not. Not going to be a golf tipple. No. No. Well, well, what you dish up, sometimes it could be considered rat poison. Uh, and it is the year <laughs> of the rat. So, there are tenuous links everywhere, Phil. But this guy- that stutter obviously is something that concerns people when they have it. And he really, he developed a really severe case of anxiety. So it was really, it's been really tricky for him getting through life with that, let alone trying to become a golfer on the world stage. And in 2014, you might have even read about it, but he was suspended from the tour for having beta blockers in his system, which is obviously banned. But it, that was in the drugs that he was taking for his anxiety to deal with his stuttering. So he's, he's had a pretty tough sort of foray into golf. He did win an, an event last year, but just seeing him accept that, yep, this is me, and say it pretty much like that. This is me. You guys can deal with it if you've got an issue with my stuttering. This is me. He's doing it with such humility and grace, and it's something I absolutely, definitely admire and, and love. Golf does this, though. Can do this. No, but I think more often than not, as a game, as an inclusive game, Patrick. you know, and again, we talk about a number. <laughs> Don't worry about him. We'll deal with him later. I'm just saying. We'll deal with him later. Everyone. But golf as a game is largely inclusive, and even in the interview we did with Paul Rosa from American Golf Supplies, he made the point of of a comment being made to him mm-hmm. from a, an all-abilities golfer saying, you know, there's not many sports that I can play. Now, I'm not saying that that because you have a study you'd be limited, but if you were, you know, feeling very within yourself and, and afraid of being taunted, ideally playing a team sport would be a difficult place mm-hmm. to be, but it's the perfect place that golf can exist and you can just get on with things. But – the, the idea of finding something and working through it over and over again, which is what he has done, and a number of other players will have done it. But I, I, it is a remarkable story and one that should be celebrated, another one for golf that should be celebrated, as opposed to being banned for beta blockers for someone trying to fix an affliction. Yeah, I'd, love a bit of, I'd love a bit of common sense to be brought into some of these rulings. These computers says no kind of approaches. They annoy me. But they had to justify their admin fees thanks to the people who made me really red cross because maybe they were on the take from there. And he only had to serve 50% of it. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Anyway, I think that's a, that's a, a really good love demo. So I really, I hope, I hope, yeah, I hope Christian has a plenty of success this year and we'll be, we'll be riding it with him if and when he does. Blue Barons. Oh, wow. Now we've had, we've had a hate, we've had a love, but this has actually been a bit of a remarkable week in, the world of sport, and um, we want to sort of just touch on life as a topic, and it'd be remiss of us not to mention the the sad loss of a sporting great in Kobe Bryant. You know, sure we could talk about his links to golf, and he's got some there, and obviously the the connection with Tiger. But it's more that when the sporting world loses such a great figure, it's kind of it reels throughout the different sports and the different sporting communities. Well, I think from a golf point of view, if you look at the last few weeks, Pete Dye. Tom Crow, who really didn't get spoken about at all, and we'll touch on that a little bit. But, but Kobe, there's a one of the key things about people who are into golf, and I won't say everybody, but the majority of golfers are also sports lovers and sports followers. But it's beyond that. It's about reach, and it's about awareness, and it's about the work that others do, the fact that 
impact on globally. And when you look at a lot of athletes, multi-sports who are all heartfelt and full of emotion for what happened with Kobe, as well as personally with, mm. with what happened with Kobe, anyone who's been involved with basketball, you know, he, he was a, as close to a deity as you're going to get. And I know we spoke about the LeBron Jones v. Michael Jordan goat thing, but, you know, Kobe's was, was not far. He was in the conversation and he was not far shy. But it's, then there was a comment from, in fact, a number, but one from Barack Obama saying, you know, but the, the most impactful part of his life was just getting going. You do think about Kobe then, the, the father and, and all these other things that go along with it, but the impact and the reach has been enormous. And one thing that I will say that, and, you know, not to make this about any brands or otherwise, but one thing that Nike have always managed to do with the stable of athletes is bring them together. When you look at the number of different Nike athletes who had significant connections to, to Kobe or Jordan or otherwise, but in this instance, Kobe, that is where the reach becomes from because they are easy to identify with because they've been put in that position with others. But it was absolutely devastating news and we weren't the only ones who were devastated and it's not a flippant comment of, of devastation, it is something that was very heartfelt. I know when I told my son, you know, I was, had to work out how best to explain yeah, that, and I know with my nephews yeah. as well. So, no, yeah. yeah. And we've got a group of a group of fathers who um, we all play golf together, and they're also mad basketballers, and we had had kids bawling their eyes out, inconsolable. So it's obviously the reach is a lot further than people realise. And sporting heroes, and heroes is a term that gets thrown around a little bit flippantly, but... But sport, as far as sporting heroes goes, he's touched a lot of people throughout the sporting world, including golf. My son and I both had the pleasure of meeting him very briefly last year. And one thing that I wanted to make sure that that Kieran and his friends, when they're out playing basketball in the playground or otherwise, will always say, you know, Kobe is the word. It's not Jordan or Johnson. It, it was Kobe. So there was an impact and they'd never seen him play. But they knew of him, and so then they get from video highlights, and then they get NBA 2K and and all these other things. But it's still the impact and the reach is enormous. Yeah, definitely. Now back back on golf, you mentioned uh, Tom Crow's death a couple of weeks uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Died, yeah, it was like yeah early early yeah it was it would have been two weeks ago. And Tom Crow, there wasn't I don't think there was enough said about his passing his death mm-hmm. as compared to others. And Tom Crow. An Australian for a start started Cobra, but invented this baffler sole was yeah, was, was his idea, yeah. which has helped millions of golfers over you know generations get out of rough or get out of sticky situations, and continues to be used by Cobra today. And in fact, there was a little bit of commentary as remember conversations that Tom Crow was asked his opinion of one of the Cobra models a few years ago, and he said, "You've taken the baffler sole off. I think that's your biggest mistake." Yeah. And with the next range, they put it they back, put on back on. Yeah. Because they just understood that it, it worked. But, you know, he was an Australian amateur champion. He was a legendary amateur golfer in Australia. That, did you know he set the uh, Royal Melbourne West course record with a 63, Phil? I think he probably got a few course records. He certainly got at least, I think, 15 club championships across a, a few different golf courses. Yeah. And his son was a hell of a player too, uh, you know, so it, it ran in the family. But uh, then a great businessman in sport, but a real trailblazer, a trailblazer for, for golf, and we talk a lot about that. With, and Norm, with and Greg Norman pretty much echo those sentiments. Obviously, someone yeah. who's been with the Cobra brand for quite a while. Um, I've, just, I've got a quote here from him from his Instagram page, which he released upon Tom's death, and he says, Deeply saddened to hear of the passing of my old friend and at Cobra Golf founder Tom Crow. Tom was a true innovator and pioneer in golf club design, and I'm proud to be Cobra's longstanding partner since 1991. He challenged me always to understand and build a better golf club, 
Rest in peace, my dear friend. I will miss you, and the golf industry now has a void. Pretty, pretty beautifully, pretty well said by Greg Norman. Yeah, and, and I just don't think he was that his death was probably given the the coverage that it deserved yeah, because for me or for the impact on the golf industry, you know, he's up there with a Pete Dye, and he's up there, you know, just in a different phase or facet of the game. So yeah, so it's been a tough because he's Australian and arguably wasn't wasn't as brash as some others might have been. No, he just built a game before, built a brand for a game before the media was what it is now. And I think, therefore, when you you look at the progress of other brands, you say maybe you know marketing was king, whereas he was obviously product-driven, and there's still a few in the, the game that are heavily product-driven. as Well, not a few, sorry. Everyone is heavily product-driven, but in terms of that innovation, that, that hands-on on innovation. How much focus is on that compared yeah, to the marketing side. That's right. But I also think that, that you know maybe part of it is that because he started – Cobra. I mean, not many people would know who Gary Adams was. Mm. Yet, did he start Adams Golf Film? <laughs> yet, everyone using TaylorMade would understand that. No, because he didn't. He started TaylorMade. <laughs> but everyone using a TaylorMade would has got him <laughs> to be thankful. Yes. Now, so Damien, proving your point for your film. You know how I have surreptitious. <laughs> so every week, I'm going to give you a name, and you have to tell me what they did in the golf industry. Am I allowed to Google it like you do every word? Potentially, yes. as long as it is surreptitious. Mm. But, yeah, so so we don't always know the founders, but we do acknowledge their, their work. So you look at Cobra and you say, oh, yeah, everyone knows Cobra. Do you know who Tom Crow is? Well, no. Okay. So everyone loves or knows Taylor Maid. Not everyone loves Taylor Maid, but everyone knows Taylor Maid. But do you know who Taylor Maid's founder was? No. So, But I just think that he was he was a trailblazer. And just, you know, that that is my – not again, not rant, but he needed some airtime because yep, he did great things for the industry. He did great things for Australian golf, but he did great things for golf in the design, from that design and business point of view, so valet Tom Crow. You would in some ways definitely say that he was a game changer, wouldn't you, Phil? In many ways, Damien, I would say that he was a game changer. Mm. You know what? I think it could be time for game changers, Phil. That wasn't even tenuous. That was blatant. It was just disastrous. <laughs> There's nothing surreptitious about that. <laughs> Over to you, Phil. Game changers. Have you got something, got something that will just raise the bar in this game or, or just make it a bit more interesting? I do. Right, I do, and, and I'm not going to say this was topical in any way from what may or may not have happened in the lead-up to the President's Cup because eventually oh we need God, to move on. Be some more Patrick Reid. No, this is going to be a general moratorium on cheating, and here's what's You're going to happen. Next week will be moratorium, Phil. <laughs> no, that was my <laughs> – right. So here's what's going to happen around cheating because it would be fair to say that I'm a bit jack of it in oh. whatever level. I'm jack of preferred lies. I'm jack of creative – Quick rakes. I'm jack of a lot of these things. And so here in lies my game changer, Damien. Right, and that is, game field. that is on, the penalty. Leading. That is the penalty for cheating, Damien. So no longer will the penalty just sit with a one-stroke or a two-stroke oh, penalty for taking an incorrect drop. No, that just won't resonate well enough. So here's what's going to happen. And here's my game changer. I'm listening. Like my, this is the second best thing I've come up with after my playthrough flag. Uh, this, uh, so this, hang on, hang on, stop. So this is – Worse than your playthrough. Oh, God, this is yeah, going to be good. Was that not great? Yeah, no. Playthrough flag? I'm getting them made at the moment. Oh. So here's what's going to happen. Playing partners, the three playing partners of the cheat. Sorry, the – no, not cheat. What did Patrick Reid do? He uh, breached the rules. Oh, the breacher. Yes, he was a breacher. A Jack breacher. So Jack breacher, very good. So the breacher is going to be – they're going to have an opportunity to either make it from one side of the practice fairway to the other or potentially stand in a, a hitting net. 
the playing partners Ooh, I like what this is going are to. all going to get at least one hit at that player yes. with a golf ball per penalty stroke that was incurred due to not taking penalty drops, but due to cheating. And in fact, perception of cheating. So if I saw a preferred lie, and obviously they wouldn't have called it on themselves because that would be very unread of them, they will be penalised, two strokes for moving the ball, or we'll just peg two balls at them per playing partner. Bit of corporal punishment back into golf. Back into golf. Tell me who is going to have the courage to cheat knowing full well at the end of the round they're going to have balls pegged at them. And I'm not talking with drive. I'm just talking maybe like, you know, a little wedge shot or- Is there a disadvantage though for those who are of your frame, for example, a little bit skinnier, they don't quite have the padding that, uh, I don't know, Patrick Reed might have. Or you. I'm going to go with Patrick Reed. That's hurtful, so, Phil. Very hurtful. So the first thing I want to say, Damien, is I don't cheat. I'm not suggesting- So I don't think I have a problem. You're just going to say bad luck, you're a cheat. No, I guess what I'm saying is some people will have an advantage in that, and that's, that doesn't seem fair to me. Maybe they have to have double points over a certain- So, okay. A weighted We're, system, shall we call it? We'll call it the BMI cheating index, <laughs> whereby based on BMI, BMI body mass index, based on the BMI, we'll actually go through a little ready reckoner that says, you know, it's, it's similar to slope in handicapping. We'll we, go we through- make it fair. I agree with you. We'll go through a ready reckoner that says because you are- here on your BMI, that means you get 1.4 shots per stroke cheating. You might have to cop 15. And it will encourage golf fitness. This is just a wonderful, wonderful sure. bit of genius. This linking up. It's it. getting worse. But I tell you what is also getting worse is the idea of, oh, look, I'm only moving it an inch. Yeah, no, I agree. I hate cheating. There's far too much of it. Seriously. Jam yeah. cheating or get balls pegged at you. I like it. Phil's new cheating penalties. We might have to. We might have to. Working some sort of a challenge around this, film. We'll find a way, Damien. Excellent. You know us. I've got a game changer for you. Mine is more about speeding up the play of – speeding up the speed of play. What am I trying to say? Well, you said the play of game. I've said all sorts of things, (laughs) none of which made a lot of sense, but this will make perfect sense to you. Ready? You ready? I am ready. Eight Eight. second (sighs) shot clock. Boom. Tell me you don't love it. Every shot, you've got eight seconds – no. Do you know my instant reaction enough. to that? I actually thought you were going to get a little bit excited. My instant about reaction to that is that's just bumped my playthrough flag and my cheating penalty down. Eight seconds. In eight, think about it. You have eight that's seconds. That's gold. Like it's going to quicken the game up. There's no doubt about it. So eight seconds from when you get to the ball. So maybe people will start to walk a bit slower. So we might have to bring in Bring in my cheating penalties maybe. for that too. We yes. peg balls at people who are too slow approaching the, the ball. I'm- I'm a little ashamed to say I'm a fan that your solution to everything is pegging balls. <laughs> I <laughs> love I- the idea of hitting golf balls at people, but this this eight second shot clock is gold. It would it would speed up the play, but you know what I think people would discover? I think people will play better. They're going to play better. They're going to get out of their own head. You agree Blue. with me on that? Yeah. All the voices telling you to do this. No, just get up, look, bang, hit. It can possibly be known as the Brant Snedeker approach. Point and shoot. Yep. Yep. Well, Greg Norman always said from – I'm just trying to think as I – I think it was Shark Attack as I go through all the Greg Norman books. Oh, but he always said that your first instinct on a tee is the club you should hit. So stand on a par three, he, look and up. And he never hit himself into trouble. And immediately – No, and I think this is one of the problems that Norman had <laughs> is that at one stage in his career he was stamping different numbers on his irons to throw off the people that he was playing against. Yeah. And I think his gut feel started to mess with his head where he's going, uh, it's a seven, it's a seven, but is that a four or a six? Uh but you, well, the minute you just allow your gut feel and this idea of Malcolm Gladwell, this idea of thin slicing, this gut feel to free. come in, 
you just play free because I know I have to play quick. I'm just going to back something and I'm going to back it completely and away you go. You commit. You commit. All about the commit. That's my gear effect, Phil. Love it. And I think it's a gear effect. No, that was my game changer. Game changer. But let's move into gear effect. I was just going to ask you one more question. How are we going to monitor the eight seconds? Does everyone get a little clock? How do we do that? Maybe we all need like a per group, just one one flavor flav style clock, round head neck. One flavor flav clock. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Just to make a, you know, so it's obvious. You You're still pursuing obvious. Blue Barons, aren't you? <laughs> there's, there's room, I'm telling you, there's scope. <laughs> so a flavor flav clock per group. Now, given that there is a golf course I'm aware of that is trialing this slow play thing, whereby one player in each group will be given a GPS that'll be track their movements. How's this? This is not a game changer, but I'm just trying to think with your eight-second shot clock. It'll track the movement of the group during the course of the round in order to get them playing quicker, and if they don't play quicker, they will be penalised. But only one person in the group is made captain of that group, but the whole group gets penalised. So they want to actually track rounds, just comp rounds, not, not in a cart, walking, where one player will be allocated a tracking unit, and if they aren't through the round in the prescribed time, mm-hmm. penalty city. I find myself somewhat conflicted because I'm one who is – I want less rules and less governing of things, but I still want the improvement. And so I don't like the whole, oh, if, if you don't do this, this Big is going to happen yeah. to you. I don't, I'm not a fan. At the same time, I'd like people to just try this. Try this and see that you don't get some benefit out of it. Eight-second shot. I know some people who should try the eight-second shot clock. Go on, name some. No, I just know Come some. On. Well, you know some people? Yeah, just know some people. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. that's right. I'm a bit of a big deal. You might not know that. <laughs> people know me. But, Damien, you alluded to um, gear, gear effect. effect. I want to talk a little bit about these, because um, with this, the new Heplers out from Ping, it just reminded me of the Ping Sigma 2s that came out with the adjustable length shafts. Yep. Blue. What, what's that? I Blue. missed you. Yep. Stop it. Yeah. I love that as a concept. I just, wanted, I just wanted to flesh that out with you a little bit. We went back. So we were back shoot, filming some stuff last week yep. and we found ourselves in the Ping studios and this came up. We, we grabbed a putter and had a look at it and went, oh, that's too small. Oh, adjusted and went, oh, I forgot how good and how brilliant an idea this thing is. It's a great concept. And speaking to Kipper about it, like, he thinks it's a genius idea from a teaching perspective. I absolutely love it. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the adjustable length? Well, it was instant. As you say, walking in and seeing the whole range of putters that normally I would look at from every company and just go, well, it's a shame that they're not 36-inch mm-hmm. putters because that's the length of putter that I'd need being a Gumby. I don't want to keep saying it. But the ability to actually walk up and just know that I could choose one that I wanted to try and get the little screw thing out and extend it to my length. Is that what it's technically and called, little screw thing? The little screw thing, yep. the LST. Yep. Yeah. So get the LST out and screw it out to my length, my prescribed length. Is that known as a little screw thing in the US down south? It'd still be LST. I liked LST. Yeah. Just, we're yeah. going to have to move on from this, Damien, because I, I could spend an hour. No, no, talk to me about putters. I know it's but a- the idea of actually just being a, extending the putter out to the length that I'd like and therefore saying, well, now I can really start to think about, you know, the model that I like and the feel. And the thing I like about the, the Heplers is, is, and without banging on too much about them, is the fact that there is that combination of metals in the – the face, so you can have one with a steel face or you can have one with the aluminium face, depending on the feel you're after as opposed to inserts. But this idea of just being able to stand up and say, I wonder what this would feel like at 34-inch yeah. or I wonder what it would feel like at 36-inch. It is genius. But it's also brilliant that it's being made by a company that knows how to make putters. So, you know, the core of the putter is going to be brilliant. It's not It's not just a gimmick at all. 
the putter itself is magnificent. It's as good as they're going to get. So combine that with that adjustability and they're, they're fantastic. They really are. And you're in business. I, I think that is it is a game changer. I don't know why they might be too tightly protected by patents. I was going to say, is, why is that the reason why others haven't invented? Others haven't gone that, there? Or they're be- finding some reason that it's no good as opposed to- They don't want to give too much credit, spending. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I think sometimes they look. Does that exist? I don't know if that exists behind it with the boffin saying, well, no, we can't go down that track because they have. And as evidenced by, it can't be too much because there's two drivers on the market that both appear to have a massive weight at the back end low that greatly resemble each other. But that went back to, when you flip back to the when white drivers came out, first it was this, it was a claim that it was, you know, a really game-changing type thing and a lot of the companies say, no, 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 it's rubbish, it's rubbish. And then within two years, they all had the white, yeah. white-headed putter, the uh, drivers. Yeah, that's yeah. just the way we I mean, that's just the way. You can be in denial for so long, but, you know, ultimately they're in the business of selling product. So that was my gear effect. Phil, have you got one for us this week? Well, Damien, mine is something that came out of the PJ show in Orlando and it started with the fact that there were two new products that both had a name in common but very different products. So they were both called Wingman. Wingman. And given the fact that, you know, we started as Blue Barons, I thought that was quite appropriate. But Wingman, and one of them is a putter from Mm -hmm. Tourage. But it seems that one of the golf companies have paid attention to our push for music and sound on the golf course, Damien. What, in a putter? It's amazing you say that because, no, there is a speaker that has also got an audible or an audio GPS Built into it. So is this a speaker with GPS or a GPS with speaker? It's exactly right. So what you do, what you, <laughs> you haven't done uh, a lot of research here, have you? <laughs> no, I've done no research. Why but change? what Why what start now? you do? <laughs> thank you. It's a you know that is a very good point. But you can pipe all your music through the speaker while you're playing golf, and then when you're ready to hit your shot, you whack a button. Maybe because I haven't done my research on it, you whack a button you that says, yeah. "You have one fifty-five to the middle." Does it say yards or meters though? Because that's very it, important information. It, it, oh, of course. Yeah. And but then you get on with the music again. You're Sergeant Schultz, right <laughs> so now. You're not nasty about this. But there was so. But it was the idea of music <laughs> is being introduced to golf, and the fact that Love that it. Bushnell are doing it is saying it's okay to do, and it actually sometimes needs a, a company it and a big an company like that to give you the yeah. You, you've got the approval to listen yeah. now to music or to the radio or to anything the hell you want. And that might just encourage people to go down our track, which is combining music and golf, which, as we know, is awesome. Is there any danger of us getting our hands on one of these? I would think there would be a high amount of danger based on the shithouse review I've just done of it. Yeah, no, I'm sure they'll hear that and go, oh, my God, no, you're going to yeah. have to learn something about it. And at some point in time, someone will respond to an email. But So I think there is a significant danger of getting your hands on it, but it's probably a safe thing. Ah, well. No, that sounds like a very interesting one. I'd be uh, happy to have a... Further test of that out on the course. I have no doubt you would. Because playing music is a very barren's behaviour kind of thing. It is a very barren's behaviour, Damien. You know something else that was very barren's behaviour? And and we did ask for feedback on some barren-esque behaviours, and we got another one. Ah, well. And it's from Andy, and this one's out of the US as well. This is from Andy in North Carolina. That doesn't sound made up. Global reach. I'm telling you. (laughs) We're making it big, my friend. Global reach. So Andy from North Carolina having dinner with a couple of – colleagues Mm -hmm. and a champions tour star and i've got a real thing for the champions tour because i I, one i wish there was an event in australia that's your age yeah two that's my age almost i I could almost pre-qualify for it but i wish there were events here because that's real golf passion love but still highly competitive Mm -hmm. and good people and we spoke about the the tom lehman 
Baroness behaviours a little while ago. So here's another one. Andy from North Carolina, because we have global reach, having dinner with a couple of colleagues and a champion tour player, Tim Petrovic. Oh, yeah. And one of the many things they were talking about as part of this conversation, Jared Lyle's name came up. And Tim Petrovic fondly remembered some interactions he's had with with both Jared and his family with uh, at his time on tour, which led to the discussion of, I wonder what I'd need to do to get a couple of those badges or get a badge on my hat. Oh, brilliant. And so we received a notification saying, mm-hmm. you know, is there any way that you can help facilitate this? Because one of the people at the dinner may or may not have been someone that we know. And bingo, bingo, Tim Petrovic has requested that he'd like to, you know, wear a look the Duck badge awesome. on his hat where he, where he can, which is absolutely fantastic. And, and for us, that is Uber Baron, you know, someone who unprompted is not getting commissioned to do it. It's not about, he doesn't want media and he it's probably didn't message, want, he yeah. probably didn't even want this said, but it was about that idea of saying, no, no, great guy. What else, what can I do? Yeah. Then, you know, let me do it. And, and little things, it all starts, you know. And we're unashamedly supporters of Challenge. They are our go-to charity. Yeah. And that's brilliant that we're able to help out in some sort of way. There. And the largest wave starts from the smallest ripple, Damien. So every little bit helps. Thank you, Confucius. Yeah, I am confused. There's no doubt about that. So Baroness behaviour. So Tim Petrovic, congratulations. Yeah. The unbaroness behaviour. Uh, and I say this and I say this not in a really nasty way, but the unbaroness behaviour and my uh, an esteemed old colleague of mine was very lucky enough to play golf with ex PJ Tour Commissioner Dean Beeman. Mm-hmm. And in terms of missed opportunities, he had four and a half hours with Dean Beeman and really spoke nothing to do with PJ Tour, with stories, history. So he gave me nothing as a result. Of four and a half hours, other than, geez, a good player. You hit someone with great iron shots, 81 plays off five. Like, you've got to give me some more information than that. So, I'm going to put that in the unbaronesque behavior with a smile on my face. But, Tim Petrovic, three votes, baroness behavior, and, and well done. And let's try and do what we can to help expedite these badges out. So, no, we definitely will, Phil. Good. Now, Phil, I want to move on to dreaming because I'm dreaming of a course, an Arizonian course. TPC, Scottsdale, home of the Waste Management Open. I'm dreaming about it. Phil. Did you just say Arizonian? Yeah, I did. Arizonan? I'm in a world of hurt right Go now. Go braveness. Go on. Don't. What is it about that excites you, Damien? Talk to me. Well, I'd love to just be on the 16th hole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. The whole group right. of the college uh, sh- uh, students. The college students just the students? crazy, having yes. a few drinks. Yeah, no, students. Yes. Students, yeah. That's right. And, I just think it'd be fun. I really think it'd be really cool, a cool experience, really um, enjoyable. It's been the site of some pretty, pretty special moments, including Jared Lyle's hole in yeah. one. There, the image of him jumping up and down is just—it's one that always sits in my head whenever this tournament comes up. So, I'd love to do that. Not only, not only getting to the course itself because it's a pretty special course out in the desert, but there's so many things that are reasonably close or within arm's reach that I'd love to just see as a human, as something that I want to see in my lifetime. Grand Canyon, yep. four, four hours away, Phil. It's not that far. When you're, when you're from Australia, four hours is nothing. You do that in, in, I don't know, roughly about four hours. Antelope Canyon, I don't know if you know about this. I do not. Antelope Canyon looks spectacular. It's not an Ibex. It's definitely not a, an Ibex Canyon, but Antelope Canyon, gorgeous. Look it up. You've got Monument Valley. So think City Slickers 2. You haven't seen City Slickers 2? No, I haven't. Oh, go and do yourself a favour. Billy Crystal, the man's a genius. But everything that they've sort of – that was filmed over this and it's just spectacular desert, wonderful rocky sort of mountains and things. But here's one you definitely have. Sorry, was that a technical term? What's that? Rocky mountain things? Yes. Is that like my – Are you not – how archaeological are you? Go and look it up, Phil. Look it up. So rocky mountain things if you – Well, things if you want to be technically correct. <laughs> right. But 
here's something that you definitely haven't heard haven't heard of, and I've looked at uh, had a look at it, and it is something that I find utterly breathtaking. This could actually get there. It's called the Havasu Falls. Now these are yeah. It is you've never been there? No, I haven't. No, and neither of you, you, no matter how smug you've been. And I know you've never been there because you haven't got permits from the Havasupai Indian Reservation, which is what you need in order to see these. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but these, these falls, just have a look at some of the imagery around them. 100-foot falls, absolutely stunning, bluish-green water in these pools with the waterfalls coming down. Magnificent. It's hard to get there. You've got to jump through a whole heap of permits and permissions, but- that's one of the, those real beautiful things in the world, I want to say. Is the water not clear? It's clearer than your question <laughs> or your angle. That's right. I'm just wondering if it's bluey green water. I'm not sure that I'd necessarily want it. So a swimming's banned then. No, no, I'm sure you find a way. Phil, I haven't gone that far into it other than I've seen a nice pretty picture and I want to go there. Is that too hard for you? With the bluey green water? Yes, bluey green. Okay. Well, your challenge for next week? No algae. Is, yes. Is Stan's to algae. Be able to explain to us exactly why water appears blue yeah. or green. I'm dreaming of TPC Scottsdale and we're going to get there at some point. Phil, have you got something that is helping you sleep? I want to experience a Ryder Cup. Playing or? Yeah, yeah. Good chance of that break, 80. <laughs> I want to experience a Ryder Cup. I um, was very envious of some people I know who went to Madonna, some of them who slept most of the way through the final round at Madonna and they know who they are. Big, um, big night. Miracle night. Madonna. Well, I mean, seriously, but how many times do you get to go to a Ryder Cup? But apparently enough that we can sleep through most of the final round. I want to get to a Ryder Cup. I want to experience the atmosphere of a US Ryder Cup. So you want to go whistling straight? I want to experience the atmosphere of a European Ryder Cup. Oh, you want to go to two? I want to choose which side to take based on the quality of the, let's just say, atmosphere that we're surrounded by at (laughs) at the Ryder Cup and just immerse myself in it because I love the President's Cup and we love the President's Cup. We love the President's Cup. But I want to know what that looks like on steroids. I want to know what the Ben Johnson version is of the President's Cup in terms of that that feel and the excitement and the chanting and all the rest of it. And given that golf is my number one sporting passion, that is what I need to experience. And I don't care where, I don't care when, but it is a must. So your waste management – you know, yeah. is not obviously going to be in the next few days that we're going to make it there, even to see them packing up. But just as that is on your list, Ryder Cup is a must. Will it? Will it be whistling straights? It's unlikely to happen this I'd year. I'd love a Ryder Cup in Europe. I'd want to. I want to feel that yeah. event, that atmosphere. That would be unbelievable. Because I think uh, you'd actually get. Doesn't there be enough Americans there? To hold up a side, whereas often in the US one, uh, US led ones, it's very dominated by the US crowd. So I'd love to see a, a pretty 50 50 mix. That's why I'd like to compare both. I mean, from my point of view, just th- that ultimate in, in sporting event. And, you know, the Masters would be magnificent not having been to a Masters, but there's not that parochialism. Quiet, please, Phil. Yeah, with, the, with the science here. Yeah. Ask Dion about the quiet, please, science. But there's not that parochialism. And I think I'd like to just see that absolute, we have taken sides and I don't off, care. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's my dreaming is a Ryder Cup, and it will happen somehow. I'm a fan of our both of our dreams, actually. We're good Can we dreams. share dreams? <laughs> Speaking of dreams, let's change things up going forward. I would like us to pick some pick an area or a, or a place for each other to find find out a little bit about somewhere in that area or in that place that you, you could find a course that you dream about, and then. You've got to find some other things around it. So what is it about this place that you'd want to go to? Are you talking about a country, a town? Are you talking about- Talking about a place. How is it determined? Whether or not it's a place. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I'm just trying to think if there are more. So, for example, if I throw you, I want you to find a place beginning with R. Ah, right. So it's one beginning with R. Right. So now we. Now, it might be Rwanda or it could be Reykjavik. Like, it doesn't necessarily matter to me. You've got, it's a little assignment for you for next week. And I want you to then tell me something around, I don't know, some cuisine and something to drink. Something, some tour attractions around there, just so we can really uh, discover the world. So, a golf discovering rather than dreaming. So, I need a, an eat a, golf, a drink, a bit of a dream catcher almost. A dream golf dream catching. I need an eat, eat a drink, a play, an eat. You need an eat, do you? Uh, yeah. Eat, interesting. Um, these are headings. Yeah, are they? Okay. They are now. Eat, down. drink, play, sleep, Repeat. see. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Because <laughs> Got if you don't fill out Got one it. of those, so okay, yours. And we'll just do letters because you, that Throw was your letter. suggestion. I'll write that down. Damien, mm-hmm. yours is going to start with – I'll make it easy. Yeah, I'm waiting for the cue to come out here. here no, Z. 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 Have you heard of Zulu Golf Club? Magnificent place. <laughs> no. Anyway, so no, if you want to play it Shaka Zulu, it's got to be a first name, not a second name. Okay, so you've actually given me Z. So I'm giving you Z. So next week you get Z. Still a good bloke. All right. In that case, you can have V. V for Victor. I'll take V. I'll take V and I will weave my magic. Anything's easier than Z. Uh, Now, does it have to be outside our shores? I mean, we are recording this in Melbourne, Australia. It doesn't have to be, but I'd preferably. Well, I would like you to make some rules and give me some definite. Otherwise, I'm going straight to Victoria Golf Club next week. Yes, Phil, outside of Victoria. Okay. And Australia. 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 Right. Outside, outside Australia. Okay, cool. Eat, drink, play, stay, see, Done. outside of right. Australia. Now, Phil, let's let's get this back on track. Yes. Crystal balls, my friend. Crystal balls, yes. what are you envisaging happening in the next couple of weeks? Oh, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. Guess who's going to play the Saudi International? The Saudi International? I'm not sure. Are we someone in the news at the moment? I'm well, let's just go with Patrick Reid. So Patrick Reid is <laughs> playing the Saudi How International. How is that not my default position? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Reid, Saudi International. Yes. Now, there's something special about Saudi Arabia. It's really? it's in the middle of a big bunker. Right. It is a bunker. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's just a bunker. So he, bunker. so Patrick Reid will be crapping his dacks, even going there, because every camera is going to be on him, because everywhere he looks is going to be he's sand. surrounded by sand. <laughs> he's surrounded by sand. So here's my crystal ball for this week. Patrick Reid yes. is going to call a penalty on himself. Won't happen. This week. No, and will happen. Do you know why? Why? Do you know the penalty for stealing or cheating in Saudi Arabia? Oh, is, is it is it death? Everything else seems to be. <laughs> everything else seems to be. This is – I'm just now wondering whether we're being filmed or You're why fine. a big black car <laughs> has just arrived at the front. There's a significant penalty for cheating in Saudi Arabia. Significant. It would – Potentially, and I say potentially because I really don't know, would make playing golf difficult. Mm-hmm. Patrick Reed will be so absolutely adamant that he is not going to be the one caught cheating that he's going to call a penalty on himself, probably for something just he's randomly. not done wrong. So he's actually just going to pr- yeah. like a pr- put the ball on the tee, a one-stroke penalty just in case anyone was looking. Why? Just because just I'm hoping to win it all back. So that's what Patrick Reed will do this week, surrounded by bunkers. He'll wow. go to water, wow. call himself penalty. We'll see if that happens. We'll be back next week to find out. <laughs> I've got one, Phil. Oh, got yes. One for you. Good. I'm sticking with the PGA Tour. I'm saying we're going to get some crazy, crazy desert winds at the Waste Management Open. So much, in fact, that several of the bins on course are going to get blown over during the event. 
dispersing rubbish all over the course in a delicious twist of tournament sponsorship irony. <laughs> it seems this is happening more and more, Damien, that I am referring to a combination of words that are happening in every podcast. I did not expect to hear the words delicious twist to be mentioned. In my- but would it not be? It's the Waste Management Open. There's rubbish everywhere. How do you not find that interesting? You, you, I'm concerned about a couple of things. I'm con- yeah, we certainly do. But I'm also concerned that you're describing and you're joining the word rubbish and delicious. So I've got – my mind works in a number of really strange ways. But a delicious twist, combination of words I wasn't expecting, delicious in context of rubbish, not expecting. However, watching a ball come into 16 in the last group with a gust of wind and watching some – Beer cups just fly across the green. Oh, the college student will, students will take advantage of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's it no was doubt. the wind. It yeah. was the wind. Uh, Damien, it's probably not your best crystal balls, but that's okay. I reckon it is. My other ones were pretty ordinary. <laughs> All right, Phil. Damien, you, if your you, other ones were ordinary, we're really in some crap here, aren't we? History lesson, Phil. All right. Let us learn. Not only, not only do we try to entertain, but you can learn on this podcast. Yeah. We're at the centre of learning. We are. Centre, E-R or R-E? Centre. Over to you, Phil. I'm going to start this one with a quote. Damien. I'm listening. And if you're caught on a golf course during a- Any danger of you reading that correctly? (laughs) If you're caught on a golf course during a storm and are afraid of lightning, hold up your one eye, because even God can't hit a one eye. Lee Trevino. Trevino. Lee Trevino. One of the great quotes, even when it's butchered by me, because I was going to give the short version of what my memory was as opposed to reading, and it turns out that I don't know how to read. You embraced your inner Saudi Arabia there. Plenty of butchering. Continue. <laughs> and I, but I thought I'd give us the story of Lee Trevino when he got struck by lightning because I'm not sure that everyone would be aware of that. And if you're not, or if you are aware of it, I'm not sure that you'd be aware of the circumstance. And it was the 1975 Western Open. And it turns out that Lee Trevino wasn't the only one who was struck by lightning mm-hmm. at the time. So Tony Jacklin was playing in a group with a guy called Bobby Nichols. And Tony Jacklin, so that there was lightning around and the officials had, you know, halted play, but he'd hit an eight iron anyway, or timing-wise. I won't be held to account on that. But anyway, lightning knocked the eight iron out of his hands. So, But he got out of it. That was it. Knocked the eight iron out of his hands, but he was okay. Tony Jacklin was okay. okay. Didn't, didn't make it to hospital. He might have got burnt, but did describe having a burning taste in his mouth. So it must have been a pretty severe, you know, with this idea of it. Bobby Nichols, who was playing with him, then got struck by lightning. So not the same? Different, no. Different, different lightning bolt. Different lightning bolt. Or that's what I'm going with. Different lightning bolt but standing in close proximity, and which would make sense, who also described this, this burning sensation. And in fact, one of the people, one of the marshals who was with him at the time described being on a building site and having an understanding that smell of burning wire. He said when he spoke to Bobby Nichols, it was the same smell. So this is pretty severe and lucky to be alive. On another hole was uh, Jerry Hurd and Lee Trevino. They were on the 13th hole. Now, they were trying to be and do the right thing, had their umbrellas up, and we'll get on to doing the right thing, had their umbrellas up, under a tree, but near their golf clubs. Mm-hmm. And Trevino's playing partner had his one of his clubs leaning against his side, got struck by lightning, and that acted as conductor. And so his side got burnt. Lee Trevino was burnt in the back. And so three of them then made it to hospital, which was Heard Nichols and Trevino all ended up in hospital, of which Heard was released from hospital and went on to come forth, which was remarkable. That in yeah. itself is fantastic, yeah. Yeah, like he got on a really a real hot streak, which was incredible. But – where this lightning story becomes a bit confusing for me is you then hear all the information about what to do 
if you're caught in a golf course, if there's lightning. So, Damien, if there's lightning, where do you not go? Well, you don't go under a tree. Oh, you don't go under a tree, no. Mm, Definitely don't go under a tree because they're tall and they are likely to be struck, yeah. And you'd have to bend down to get under it. Right, yeah, no, good one. So don't go under a tree, Damien. Where else do you not go when there's lightning? You tell me. Where are we going? Where are you going with this? We don't go out in the open because the last thing you want to be is the tallest thing out in the open. Okay, so riddle me this, Batman. (laughs) I'm on a golf course. I'm two kilometres or a kilometre and a half from the clubhouse. And there's a lightning storm that's just come on all of a sudden. Are you storming home at the time? Or? I'm doing a stormy normie. So I'm, I'm pulling everything left and short. Yeah. Lightning storm. Can't go under a tree. But you can't go out in the open. But I can't go out in the open. Where do you go? Because this is important for our listeners. This is going to save this lives, is. this podcast. Well, we- if you're, I mean, if you're playing with Patrick Reed, you could stand next to him because if there is a God, he'd absolutely have to go for him. <laughs> If there is a God, he'd have to go for Patrick Reed. Is that because he would cheat death, Damien? Ooh. Actually, that means you'd get hit. No, no, I haven't thought this through. Oh, yeah, no, you haven't thought this through again. This sounds like every other topic that we talk about every week. But uh, this is a genuine concern, and I'd like an answer. What do you do, lie down and crawl? Do you lie down and crawl? Because I can tell you that many years ago, we were playing out at Horsham Golf Club in Western Victoria, and there was a lightning storm, and we, in fact, saw a paddock get or a lightning bolt in a paddock not 500 metres across from mm-hmm. one of the holes at Horsham. There was another – well, you didn't see the strike of lightning, but we felt the the, the tingle, and we knew that we'd, we'd probably got away with something. Mm-hmm. But we were trying to make our way into the clubhouse. Do you run down the middle of the fairway? Do you walk down the middle of the fairway? Do you walk down the tree line? Do you run down the tree line? Or do you have to do the commando crawl? I want an answer, and I'd like someone who's more intelligent than me, which is most of us, if not all of us. So hang on, what year did this happen? This is going back to 99. And you still haven't found out an answer to this <laughs> No one can give me an answer. Have you? How, ha- no, how actively have no, you? No, because that? the geniuses of the Bureau of Meteor- Meteorology, and I do suggest they are geniuses, say, mm. get indoors as quickly as you can, right? What, by walking under the trees or from walking through the park? Get into inside a vehicle or something else protected but by rubber as run. quickly as you can, <laughs> but don't run. So don't run because the friction may attract the lightning. Don't walk because you're exposed. Don't walk under trees. Oh, give me an answer. So, Damien, your question for next week. No, I think this is a riddle riddle without an answer, Phil. Assuming that we don't get an answer this week, it will left unanswered. If we do get an answer by someone via email, then we'll go through what to do next week. All right, Phil. Damien, I'm sorry that was the finish, but that's a real concern that I've got. I'm playing golf, a little bit of lightning. Where do you go? What do you do? All right, we'll see if we can answer that. But in the meantime, that's all we have time for with Tenuous Links this week. Special thanks to Ping, and in particular, it's new Hepler putter range. Be sure to get out and give them a go. There's nine models on offer, and they're all adjustable, so you're certain to find one that suits your game. And be sure to join the Golf Barons community over at baronslife.com to get reminders on our podcasts, releases of Barons Life, Golf and Lifestyle magazine, the freshest take on a golfer's world you'll find on the planet, as well as the Golf Barons show content and plenty of other stuff. Until next week, Barons, bye for now. Stay out of the lightning.